Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. On our last program, we began the study of the topic, Good God, Bad World. There is no doubt about it. Bible prophecy shows that God knows the future. Well, then people ask, if God knows the future, why didn't God do something to prevent all of the pain that we all endure and have in our lives? Didn't God see that this pain was coming? So if he knew it was coming, why didn't he do something about it? Why didn't he prevent it? We saw last time that the Bible teaches that God has an enemy. And this enemy, the Bible calls him the devil and Satan. And this enemy was a leader of a revolt against God. And the human family is caught in the crossfire between God and his enemy. We saw in the 28th chapter of Ezekiel that Satan was not denied any possession. He was given everything. He had position. He had beauty. He had wisdom. He had possessions. Everything. There was absolutely no reason for him doing what he did, but he did it anyway. That's what the Bible has called the mystery of iniquity. It cannot be explained. Because in the Bible, as I said last week, mystery is not something that you get the answer to in the last page. Mystery is something that you just cannot explain. It is incomprehensible to the human mind. There was no reason for Satan's revolt. No reason for him to do what he did. Why did he do it? Well, on this program, we're going to move into some brand new territory. What was in his mind? What was in Lucifer's heart? Well, we find this first clue in the 14th chapter of Isaiah in verses 12 through 14. Here's what it says. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Now, who is the Most High? You know, Lucifer said he wants to sit on the Mount of Congregation. Now, let me tell you something. Have you ever seen a picture of Queen Elizabeth sitting on her throne? Who sits with her on the throne? Nobody. When Prince Philip was alive as her husband, he didn't even sit. He stood the reason why he stood and didn't sit is that he was not considered her equal. Now, if he were the king, he would sit, but he was not the king. He was the prince consort. Now, what exactly did the devil want? The devil wanted to sit. He wanted to sit on God's throne. And God told him, you can't sit on my throne. You are not my equal. 
I made you. And it was obvious that the lesser is made by the greater. Less Lucifer, you can't sit on my throne. It is impossible. And this was the problem. He wanted to sit. He wanted to be worshipped. He said, I will put my throne above all of the angels of God and they will worship me. You know, the Bible tells us he got a third of them to do it. One third of the angels made a choice. They chose another God, not the creator God. He wanted to sit. He wanted absolute equality with God. And God could not let him do that. God explained it to him. And I don't doubt that in the patience of God, he said, Lucifer, you, you can't be my equal. I don't doubt that for a while, Lucifer said, well, you're right. I'm not your equal. But while he was quiet for a while, it didn't settle him down. He began to talk. What does the Bible say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He began to talk. He began to make accusations against God. What kind of accusations do you think he would make? Now listen to these. He said, God has asked me to humble myself. You tell me when God ever humbled himself. So what are the angels to do? They could only say, well, I never thought about that. Well, now listen, he said, I have a plan and I want to carry out my plan. And God says, no, you cannot carry out your plan. Now you tell me one plan of God's that he didn't carry out, just one. And what were the angels to say about that one? You know, they say, we can't think of one. You know, sometimes devilish arguments are hard to answer. Have you ever had people ask you questions that were hard to answer? Well, these were questions for which God had no answer. God had never humbled himself. God has, had always carried out his plans. These questions were aggravating and they were upsetting to the minds of the angels of heaven. First of all, God has asked me, he said, to give up my way, but he always has his way. Hasn't he always had his way? And what did they say? They said, well, yes, he's always had his way. Well, what was the end of it? The end of it was like this. The devil said, God says he's loving, but he's not loving at all. He's selfish. He wants everything his own way. He won't give an inch. If any of us have an idea of our own, he won't give an inch and that's it. God is selfish. God is manipulating us. He's playing games with us. He's pulling us around like puppets on a string and we've been used. We've got to break down this tyranny. We do everything we're told to do. We're all just a bunch of puppets. Well, the Bible says a third of the angels believe that. And at that point in time, God didn't have an answer. I want you to see that this was a perfect deception that the devil had turned away all of the issues from himself. You see, it was not he, the devil, who was on trial. 
It was God who was on trial. The devil had worked an absolutely perfect deception. You see, now the whole universe was now questioning God. Could God be trusted or not? You know what the greatest question in any one of our lives is? Is God love? That's it. That's the ultimate question. If God is love, he will never ask you or me to do one thing that is not for our own good. But if God isn't love, and he tells you to do something, and it's for his benefit, not yours, then God is selfish. It's on the question of whether or not God is love that will decide whether or not we go into the kingdom of God. You see, God had a problem on his hands. He had the revolt of the angels. There was a universe that needed to have their questions cleared up. God had all of these problems going on at the same time. So what will God do to solve the problem? Well, what were his possible solutions? What answers could he give? Well, let's say that God instantly destroyed Lucifer and all of his angels. Did God have the power to do that? Of course he did. But it would not have been wise. It would have been an awful thing to do, and I'll tell you why. It's true that God would have blotted out the problem, but he would have made everyone afraid of him. All of the universe would now have obeyed from that time on, but they would not have obeyed out of love. They would have obeyed out of fear. And God does not accept obedience out of fear. You don't scare people into God's kingdom. Well, what else could God have done? Well, now, God could have said, now you all come back, let's just forget this whole thing, but that wasn't going to work because Lucifer was not going to do that. That wasn't going to solve the problem. It would have been only a question of time before this whole thing would have started up all over again. God had to take action. You know what he did? He announced to the universe that he would send his son to this world to die. You say, well, where does it say that? Well, let's turn to the Bible. Let me show you. He said, let's go here to John 14, 15 first. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. The Lord accepts only an obedience out of love. Now, in Revelation 13, 8, speaking of the Antichrist power, look at what it says. It says, all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. As soon as man had gotten into the problem of sin, God announced that his son would come to that world and die. The Lord died from the foundation of the world because God at the beginning of the world said that he would send his son to die. And when God makes a promise, it's as good as kept because God cannot lie. 
God assumed the responsibility for the redemption of man. So now where do we go from here? Here was God's answer. God had let this thing go on. He couldn't stop it. If he stopped it right then and there, he would have made everyone afraid of him. So God had to allow Satan to demonstrate what sin meant. Remember, nobody had ever seen sin before. They never knew the results of sin. There wasn't any other choice. He had to let him go. There were no shortcuts. It was going to take time. It was going to take a lot of patience. There was going to be a lot of suffering. There was going to be a lot of sacrifice. There was going to be a lot of heartache. There was going to be a lot of pain. There's going to be a lot of death. But God had to let it go. He couldn't deal with it any other way. Satan must be allowed to demonstrate the meaning of sin. You see, that's what's happening here in our world. Our world is only a stage. The whole universe is the audience. The whole universe is looking on to see what rebellion means. And they're getting the message. And the last bitter end of the message is yet to come. Now, despite the fact that we are in a sinful world, and despite the fact that there are few people in the world who really serve God, law, God looks after all of us, the just and the unjust. The sun shines on the just as well as the unjust. God's protective power is over you and me all the time. Now, when God announced that he would send his son into the world, the devil felt very secure. He said, Oh, if he comes down here where I can get a hold of him, I will win. Satan was sure he would win. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the devil knew who he was. The devil was out there in the fields of Bethlehem, listening to the song of the angels, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards man. The devil heard the announcement that there is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The devil heard all of that. He knew exactly who he was from the moment of his birth and he tried to destroy him. But the father was watching over his son. And our Lord grew up into a little boy. The devil knew who he was. He tried to tempt him and destroy him. At the age of 30, Jesus went to the bank of the river Jordan and there he was baptized by John. The devil heard the voice of God come down from the sky. This is my beloved son. The devil knew who he was. The Lord Jesus knew who he was. The devil knew who he was. Then our Lord, after his baptism, began his ministry. Three and a half years, the eyes of the whole universe were upon that one man. I want you to visualize this. This world is a stage. The whole universe is the audience. And the whole universe had their eye upon that one man. 
They know he was God come down from heaven. The second person of the Trinity had come down from heaven. He was here. They watched him. They had their eye upon him day and night, and they watched him go about his work, his ministry. They saw him the day that that woman was brought to him that was caught in adultery, and her enemies wanted to stone her. And Jesus wrote in the sand, one by one, the sins of her enemies, and one by one, they went away. And finally, our Lord raised his head, and he spoke to the woman, and he said, Woman, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, There are none, Lord. And what did Jesus say? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The universe looked upon and said, Look how kind he is. Never a man has lived like this. The whole universe followed him every step of the way. They saw as he went up Calvary's hill, they could not believe what they were watching. The man who had done nothing but good, whose hands had been extended in nothing but kindness, his voice would express nothing but forgiveness. All of the universe watched him. They heard him cry. They watched him as he lowered his head upon his breast and died. What would they say now? Satan had gone too far. By one unjustifiable action, he had unmasked himself before the universe. He had torn away from their minds the last drop of sympathy and they saw him for what he was, that he was a liar, that he was a murderer. By the death of our Lord, the whole universe saw the nature of sin. You see, the cross is the answer. The whole universe voted to destroy Satan, that the wrong man had died that day. Now, now it was safe as far as the universe was concerned. It was safe to destroy the devil because God could destroy the devil and the universe would still love him. But our world had not yet decided. You, maybe, hadn't yet decided. You see, God will bring an end to this whole sordid mess as soon as everybody in the world has made up their mind. And that making up of the mind is an inside work. It happens down in the recesses of our hearts. You're deciding and I'm deciding whether God's way is the best or whether we're going to revolt against him or whether we're going to let his will be our will. See, the most terrible thing that you can do, the most terrible thing that I can do, is take the free will that God has given us, which has cost him so much, 
the most terrible thing that anyone can do is to take that free will and use that will to deny him. Don't do that. There are times when not even God can do what he'd like to do. But there's one sure thing, and I close with this idea, that when our eyes behold the kingdom of God, we are going to be so satisfied. You know, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. If you can trust him, now listen now, if you can trust him when you're in pain, if you can trust him when your heart is broken, if you can do it, if you can only do it, if you can keep your faith in him, then he will reward you in his kingdom. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you for the gift of Jesus whose life, death, resurrection, whose blood washes each and every one of us of all unrighteousness and allows us to stand before you as if we had never sinned. Father, if there's anyone within the reach of my voice that has not yet used their free will to express their allegiance to Jesus, may they do so now. Be with those, Father, that are in doubt. Bring peace to their hearts. May your Holy Spirit convict them of who Jesus is. Bless each and every viewer, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our offer. On each and every broadcast, we'd like to make a resource available to you, and today there is no exception. These resources are made available through the generosity of our donors. We never charge anyone for these. You're never going to receive an invoice. There's never any obligation on your part. I want you to know that every single one of these offers is a gift offered free of charge. It's something we want you to accept and take advantage of. And today, uh, I have this uh, special edition of the Signs of the Times magazine. It's, you see it's in a, in a reduced size, right? And it, uh, this, this, this one is on Luther. And as we know, you know, Luther was instrumental in bringing an awareness, a reawareness of God's grace. And isn't that what we talk about? God's grace, right? It was God's grace that allows you and I, sinners that we are, one day appear before him as if we had never sinned. So I, I think this, uh, this magazine here can help you better understand some of these truths that Luther helped to reignite. And we want to send it to you. 
Again, free of charge, no obligation, it's a gift. This will appear at your home in the mail, postage paid. If you'd like to request this copy, pay close attention to the instructions we're about to give you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. We truly appreciate the fact that, you know, you've got lots of different options and you chose to be with us. We thank you for that. We hope you enjoyed the program and uh, that uh, you will help us getting the word out to your friends and family that our broadcast is on the air. If they happen to live outside of our broadcast zone, that's okay. Then refer them to our website, l4ltv.com. On the website, there's a tab that says previous programs. They can click on that tab and they can go all the way back to the very first season. They have access to every single program we have ever aired. So uh, that's one thing you can do on the website. Another thing you can do is you can visit the tab where it says archive sermons and you'll see different messages there on different topics. There's a video presentation. There's a downloadable a lesson study that you can use just to, to help you better understand some of these important biblical truths that are, I think, are, are even more important as we come closer and closer to the end of time. So check that out. You can also make a donation online uh, through the website under the Donate Today tab. You can do that by credit card. You can do that by Interact Debit. Um, we exist based on the generosity of our donors and God's good, good graces, right? Uh, but financially, we, we receive donations. That's how the program stays on the air. Those donations don't come to myself or my family. I pastor a church and I get paid a salary for pastoring that church. All of the money that comes here through Lessons for Living television program is reinvested in the ministry. You know, buying airtime and paying for the studio that we're in and the gifts that we send out to you and, you know, our, you know, our office expenses, that kind of stuff. And so we are a charitable organization. You will get a tax deductible receipt should you choose to make a donation. Follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill, every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I put out a one-minute devotional video. Great way to start your day by focusing on things of heaven. Like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter at Santos underscore Bill. On our Facebook page, on Twitter, on our website, within about half an hour from the conclusion of this program, there'll be a downloadable 
audio version of the program. So you can put that on your phone and carry it with you. Before we go, we're out of time. Visit missionnowcanada.com. That's the website that shows you the overseas humanitarian work that we do. Wow, I can't believe I got that all in at the time. Thank you so much for watching. God bless you. Let's do this again next time. I hope you'll be here. We'll see you then.